here's a beautiful note to self. I recorded this podcast episode early in the pandemic, early in lockdown with my friend Jennifer Bauer, and we thought we knew what the landscape was, and then George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis, and suddenly everything shifted, and so I stopped recording podcasts for a while, and then I came back to this one. It's been a really chaotic time for me and for many of the people listening, and this one was just what I needed to hear. What a blessing. I hope it offers something to you. You're listening to Courageous Wordsmith, episode number 33. This podcast presents conversation with and for real-life creatives on how we find and keep walking our unique paths. I'm your host, Amy Hallberg. Welcome to my world. Today, I'm talking with Jennifer Bauer, who is an old friend that I found comforting to talk to in a time of a lot of challenge. We worked together on this book, beautiful Nature Guides book that you produced. Has it been almost a year now? It has. And I saw you on, was it Facebook? Pulling prompts from there. And I just thought, oh my gosh, those prompts are so comforting right now to what we're going through. You know, we're all quarantined at this point. It's April 14th as we record and, and we're looking for comfort and not, not that, oh, everything's going to be all right kind of comfort, but comfort that feels really honest and true to where we are. So would you just like to talk about your book a little bit? Sure. It, it, its intention was to help folks through self-discovery and to tap into their inner wisdom. So thank you for affirming that that's what it's doing. It, it's not intended to tell people how to do or how to think or, or you know, what, what they should be doing. It's intended to help them connect by asking questions that will help us kind of go there and contemplate and take some time to be still. And I've been trusting that the prompts will as I pull them be exactly what we need to hear in the moment. Um, And interestingly enough, they have been about, you know, feeling overwhelmed or when we're locking horns with people or, you know, all these, all these things that we're feeling with this COVID-19 and shelter in place and this environment that we find ourselves in is so, so very different from what we're accustomed to. And there are no right or wrong ways to be right now. And so giving people that space to kind of figure out what's right for them um, is exactly what this book was intended to do. I just had no idea it would be used in this way. <laughs> right. Well, you and know, so- I, I've shown, I've shown a couple people the book and I think what's, what's powerful about it is we don't have words for what is happening right now, but we can yeah. look at nature and we connect with that on a really deep level. So And you took all these pictures yourself. I did. Yes. These are from my travels around the world. And I've always felt a connection to nature and have always looked at animals and plants in a way of what are they trying to teach us? I mean, they've been doing this a lot longer than we have. (laughs) And they have just such a simple wisdom. Their their minds don't get in the way and their thoughts don't get in the way of the way um, they should be doing things. They've never shitted each other. 
um, mm -hmm. or themselves. And so if we can kind of tap into that innate wisdom that they have and use that as a metaphor for what we're going through, it's, it's just an easier way to, for me personally. And it, it, I just connect with it a lot more. You said that they don't should each other. I feel that so profoundly. There's this socialization we have in a world that right now is not accessible to us. And I feel myself freaking out. But a lot of people who don't really know, don't know what to do with this. And, and we're behaving in ways that are just uncomfortable for us. Like there's so much judgment we're imposing. And I think one of the things about this book that is comforting is you're not explaining away the good cheetah or the bad, you know, the animals aren't good or bad. This is their nature. And mm -hmm. it's about working with their nature to the highest good. So yeah. not, not judgment. Not judgment. They, they just are. And, and they're doing what they do and what they were built to do. And everything fits in so perfectly into the ecosystem. There's not a single plant or animal that doesn't serve the purpose and all are completely necessary. Mm. Is, there a, is there a page that has really spoken to you lately or do you wanna just open the book and see what comes to let's us do, now? Let's do a prompt, That's, that sounds fun. It's a laughing elephant on page 38. And the elephant isn't laughing. It just looks like the elephant's laughing. So I'll explain for those who are, who are audio only <laughs> that, that yes, it's a baby elephant. Looks like it's just having the best time. Every time I've shown this photo to somebody, their instant response is that it's a laughing elephant. And mm -hmm. the prompt that goes with it is laughter really is the best medicine. Think back to the last time you enjoyed a strong, hearty laugh. Who makes you laugh? How can you bring more laughter into your day? Oh, did you know that did you know that I went to an elephant sanctuary in November? Yes, yes. In Thailand. Yes, I loved the photos. Oh my gosh, and they are so playful. Yes. They are so playful and kind of naughty but in a not bad way, but just like they're just playful and impish and and they're so funny, right? And like we were handing them bananas and some of them didn't want bananas, they wanted the sugar cane and like they were sort of like taught, <laughs> like they were just so real and and you couldn't help but be joyful around them. Yes. Absolutely. They are. They're just these happy little goofy creatures. They're awkward and they're fun and they flap their ears and trumpet and they just have the best time. And they are such an example for us to not take things so seriously. And especially right now, I think all of us could use more laughter. I mean, I'm really enjoying the material and the content that's coming out. People's creativity has been extraordinary right now as they've been given space to be creative and find the humor and everything that we're going through. I'm laughing way more each day, I think now, with the shelter in place that I was before because of that. You talk about that more and more, you've been talking about that, how our creativity is a way to access our truest selves, our, our most spiritual places to really expand ourselves. Yeah. So right now, it's maybe counterintuitive we should be serious and do the serious things but we have to counterbalance that with creativity the creativity is not some frivolous thing so do you want to talk more about that yes and and twofold um expanding upon what you're talking about right now we're in a time that has never happened and all of our normal routine has come crumbling down and in 
in that space, we actually have a huge opportunity to build things from the ground up. Um, we're having to build, you know, new routines, building how we're going to educate children, all of these aspects that because we were so structured in such a large machine that was just full bore ahead, this is an opportunity for us to say, okay, what would look, this look like in an ideal state? How would I build this from the ground up now that I'm being given an opportunity to? In what other time the world come to a complete halt and allow that to happen um, other than now? And so I think with that space and opportunity and everyone being given permission to, that we are accessing these creative outlets and aspects of ourselves that are so needed and necessary. Um, they say, you know, necessity is a mother of invention and that's exactly what's happening. And I think coming out of this, we're gonna see a lot of amazing pieces of art, um, music, writing, and even just the inventions and things that people are creating because of necessity and because of what's happening right now. Um, the other part of that is I do believe that it's an access point to spirituality. If you look at all the great wisdom traditions and even our current, you know, gurus that we, that we look to and read their self-help books pretty much across the board, I haven't read a single book in the realm of self-help and self-discovery that has not had some sort of element of accessing play and creativity of, of diving into whatever that art form is that you feel drawn to and naturally gifted in. I've been doing more and more training on breath work and even the, the healer that I'm working with and learning the, the, the specific kind of breath work that I'm working on that it opens up and unblocks energetic um, energetic blocks in our chakras and accessing our, our spirit on that level to help heal on the spiritual and emotional planes. And even through that, an element of that is creativity. And so, you know, part of the exercises are accessing that and recognizing that each of us can be a, a vessel and a channel for messages that people need to hear and opening ourselves up to that. You know, if you look at Liz Gilbert and Big Magic, she talks about her muse. And if you don't, if you don't write about that message, it's going to go find somebody else to write it. Stephen King and on writing also says the same thing, where mm -hmm. if you, you don't take that message that you've got and write for it, it's going to find somebody else. And actually, yeah. if you don't mind, I'm going to read a section from David Elliott's, uh, his book called Healing. He's who I've been learning breath work through. Fabulous. And, and he says, uh, it's page 273 of his book, Healing, the higher dimensional beings, call them gods, angels, deities, spirits, masters, or light, are choosing to get our attention now. They are calling forth the contract signed long ago. For many, the time of amnesia is over. If you know you are a messenger with a message to deliver, you will have to be the conduit for it soon. Otherwise, your contract will be taken over by another who will deliver the message, leaving you with a familiar, empty feeling. If you know this feeling and you do not like it, get creating now. As you birth the message, those meant to engage with it will find it. Do not worry about the logistics. The higher energies will be your representative, your agent, your curator, your publisher, and teammate. Let's go. Oh, I and love that. Yeah, that just spoke to me and gave me goosebumps when I read it. So I highlighted it and I've kind of kept it close hand just because it has been my inspiration and motivation to keep creating and finding ways of, um, you know, 
channeling whatever message needs to be channeled right now as people need to hear it. So I've been doing that with the video prompts and just getting the message out. Um, you know, I'm thinking of different ways of creating because now is the time. I love how you say, don't worry about how, just do it. And I think in ordinary time, it's so easy to disregard the, the messages and there's systems we've been serving. We as people are serving systems, not the other way around. We're forced to see that it's laid bare, but also we're in a place where, you know, I think about when my grandfather died and I think, you know, I was raised fairly Christian, mainstream, Protestant, confirmed ELCA Lutheran. And when my grandfather died, I was 27 years old and all the things that I thought I was supposed to believe brought me no comfort. Mm -hmm. And it broke me open enough that I started to be willing to consider things that otherwise I would have reasoned away. And I, you know, Jen, I know that you've been through much greater loss in, in those terms than I have. But, but when we are broken open, as we are right now, we start to consider those things that, that weren't so convenient for our systems, that we were willing to go along with that we're no longer willing to. And when we're no longer willing to do that, and we're not censoring ourselves, the things that we make it possible to bring through Yes. expands so much because we, we don't know where we're going to. We don't have certainty. We're willing to engage with that curiosity. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So you've had some things in the works. So the last year or so, you've been leading some amazing retreats to, to far-flung places. Where are some of the places you've had retreats over the past year? Uh, Bali was probably the most far flung and that was in November. Uh, that was a grief retreat over Thanksgiving for those who had recently lost folks and didn't want to celebrate the holiday and wanted to find some new traditions. Um, and that was a beautiful, I mean, Bali's such a spiritual, healing, lovely place and the people there are so amazing. And, and then I, you know, before COVID was working on a retreat to do a photography slash creativity women's wellness retreat uh, in the Rocky Mountains. And that was going to be in September. And, and, you know, we don't know what the next month will hold, let alone the next six months. So that will probably be put on hold. I want to ask you about that. So you're having to shift in big ways right now. Yes. How's that, how's that going for you? Or what's speaking to you as you, as you navigate this time? Uh, what has been speaking to me is more connecting with other, other healers of other modalities and supporting each other and coming together as a community and trying to decide how we can help the greater whole, um, the greater collective as everyone is navigating this time of uncertainty to offer that other perspective and offer up that holding space for folks to navigate through that right now um, and coming together to really learn from each other, support each other, and, and it's been a beautiful thing just connecting with other folks and, and learning about the way they're doing similar work. So when you talk about different modalities, what's your modality? You're a healer. Talk a little bit about what you do as a healer. So modalities in the sense that there's different ways of doing thought work. So there's the mental work, the emotional work, spiritual work, energetic work. 
So when I look at those four different areas that we have for self-development, there's different tools and ways of going about growth in those areas. And so you and I both have been very well trained on the mental and emotional work side with a lot of different tools, whether it's Byron Katie's The Work, ACT, um, metaphor tools, dream analysis, et cetera, that help on that level. Then there's the other added layers when you think about energy work. Um, you know, one modality is Reiki. Another modality is breath work. Um, I've got friends that are starting to work with subconscious thought work um, and using the kinesiology of the body to understand where belief systems are and changing those and balancing those out on a subconscious. So that's still mental, but it's a subconscious level and then energetic level. And there's even some spiritual stuff that happens in that kinesiology as we test the body and understand that that's its own modality. Um, I've been learning through another friend about something called reconnective healing. And that's working on a, a energetic level to connect us with our purpose and our path and what our lifetime has set out to achieve and do on a soul level. But there's so many different ways to go about it. And I think the reason why there are as many unique ways is because we as unique individuals have different things that resonate with us and we'll find what resonates with us. And my path will be different than your path, but we may end up at the same place through different modalities. And so I've been super curious to just learn and understand. So when I'm working with a client and my modality might not be a good fit, I have some other folks that I can refer them to that can approach it in a slightly different way that may resonate more with them and work better for them. I think that's so important right now. There isn't a right way. We've been, when you speak of duality, we, we've been trying so hard to get a right way. And yet, as long as the world has been in existence, we've had so many cultures, so many religious traditions, religion that sometimes is much more institutionalized and some that's much, much less institutionalized, right? There's such a range and people find meaning where they are. And I think the more that we get clear on what is speaking to us, the less we have to worry about anybody else getting it right. Yes. Yeah. Because we can trust that we're all connecting to to the divine in our ways. We're connecting to ourselves. We're connecting to nature. We're connecting with the earth. Yes. We don't have to micromanage anybody else if we trust ourselves. Definitely. Definitely agree. Yeah. So I, I got into a little bit of, of a thing on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, why? Why? I don't like to pick fights, but I also more and more don't want to walk away from things that feel untrue to me or feel like there's more to unpack there if we're willing to look at it. Lately, there's been a bunch of people my age who are posting their senior pictures in solidarity with the class of 2020, we've got your back. And I just thought that's, to me, that doesn't feel like we've got your back. To me, that feels like this I don't feel connected to my friends right now. I don't know what I, what I want to do. And so I want to do something for the class of 2020 instead of looking at, I really want to connect to those people right now that matter to me because I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there's, 
I feel like there's a lot of projection right now because it's, it's uncomfortable to look at ourselves. This really is bringing us face to face with our own, with our, you know, it's like going into the cave, right? Um, you know, I think of like Star Wars and, and, you know, Luke Skywalker goes into the cave and he kills Darth Vader and the mask falls off and he sees his own face, yeah. right? Like, we're, we're projecting onto a lot of people, but we are being forced to, to see ourselves and what we need. And I think that the more we can claim, hey, I need this support for mm -hmm. ourselves, the less we have to worry about anybody else. Mm -hmm. So- I think a layer of grief in that. Um, so when I, when I see that, I see people grieving the past, grieving what was, there's a lot of reminiscing happening right now as people are pulling out old photographs. And if, yeah. if, you know, that, that level of comfort of the way things used to be in the quote unquote, good old days and recognizing that things will never be the same mm -hmm. as they were. And that's a scary thought for a lot of people. And so in that grieving process, in the same way, we're grieving a lifestyle and a way of, of living people are going back in the same way that they'd be looking at pictures, you know, of someone that they lost and, and those good memories of the times together. I think people are starting to do that as a way of the grieving process of grieving what was so that they can allow for what wants to be now. So you talk about grieving. Um, and I think it's important to honor both of these two sides, right? That there is a lot of pain and it's dirty pain when we take on anybody else's pain anyway. Like there's clean pain and dirty pain, right? Yes. But the way you make dirty pain clean is by owning it, by acknowledging it, by not brushing it off. Totally. So what do you offer to those people who are maybe consciously, maybe subconsciously, I've seen some people acting in ways that are harmful to themselves even without mm -hmm. meaning to or they're grieving openly, what do you say to those people that might be comforting or might be helpful? What do you offer them? There's no right way to do it. We haven't experienced this before. So whatever is the right way that you want to grieve and the right way you want to navigate it, that's part of your path. And that's what you have to go through to learn whatever lessons you have to go through. So if yours is looking different than the person next to you or the friend that's on Zoom is, is approaching it slightly differently, that's just part of the lessons that you have to get out of this whole experience um, so that you can figure out what it is that you're supposed to do with it. Um, so I, I just offer up that even if it's missteps and even if it's what some would think going the wrong direction, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, is some people have to go the wrong direction to go the right direction and who's to say what's right and wrong. So I don't like using those words, but I'm, I'm trying to use them in a way that, that is better understood. Whatever decisions we're making, we're making them because we have to for our own path, our own journey, our own experience. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit and be a little bit vulnerable. Um, my brother's an alcoholic, and so he had a relapse because of the shelter in place. But who, who am I to say that that's not part of his healing is to have that relapse in this situation because it's forcing him to look at the work that he still has to do in, in the absence of being busy with work and distracting himself with all these other things. 
you know, having to be still and address those emotional elements that one doesn't necessarily want to. Yes, he had a relapse. Is that what I want? Of course not. And is that what he needs right now? Probably. Yeah. And so that, that I, I guess I had to be a little bit more specific than talking in generals with right and wrong. <laughs> well, isn't that just it? I mean, I've found myself going back to some behaviors that I thought I had worked through and I've had to look at them and go, what the heck am I doing? And then I have to go, oh, okay. That's a little part of me that needs, that needs attention right now. Yes. And, and, and is it true that I'm back to that place? No, <laughs> no, but, but that's the part, that's the part of me that needs me to listen now. And so I've often heard that the black sheep, which could be an alcoholic, could be um, an addict. You know, I think of Glennon Doyle, who very much is a self-proclaimed addict and yet is a, a great spiritual leader for, for people right now. Yep. Sometimes the people who go through addiction and fight with it and struggle through it and have that dark night of the soul are the healthiest one in the family system. Mm-hmm because they're the ones who are not willing to accept a facade that feels in contrast with what they know. That's a hard path, but also, yeah, we, we really do not know what somebody else's path is and we don't control that. We barely control our own. The illusion of control is gone. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I kind of miss it, but I don't know. I've lived a life for a while where I've kind of seeded that. So I think that one of the gifts of right now being a life coach be being where we are those of us who are are who see ourselves as healers is to offer compassion to those people who haven't maybe walked the paths we have we will get through this because yes we will that's that's needed because there's a lot of chaos a lot of crying out so the yes. more that we can we can offer that acceptance of what is and yet shining a light towards something else. Mm-hmm. I think that's important work right now. Yeah, the, the word that's been coming to me a lot lately and I've had a lot of really good fun conversations with a medium friend of mine um, is the word allow. And I feel like that's what we're doing right now is we're just allowing each moment to be as it is. And we're allowing ourselves to be as we are in those moments. And it's just allowing. Well, I really appreciate you being here with me. And I'm wondering if you would find one more prompt for the book to send us on our way. Sounds good. And thank you. This has been fun. I always enjoy our conversations. Mm. And as I say that, um, we (laughs) we have page 70, which are two dragonflies that, that when I took this picture, it looked like they were engaged in a very serious and intimate conversation. And the prompt is, When we find someone we instantly connect with, we are vibrating on the same wavelength. We recognize ourselves and the other, and that connection mutually feeds both. The result is increased energy and joy. Who are your people? How would you describe the experience of engaging with your people? And Amy, you are absolutely my people. Oh, back at you, darling. Thank you so much for being with me. Thanks for listening to Courageous Wordsmith. Today's episode featured Jennifer Bauer, You can read about her and find links in the show notes. And my editor is Will Quee. 
If you enjoy this podcast, you can help it thrive and grow organically. Please subscribe right on this page, share with friends, and sign up for True Lines, my letter for real-life creatives. Please and thank you for your support of all kinds. You can learn more about me and my offers for writers at CourageousWordsmith.com. I'm Amy Halberg, and until we meet again, travel safely.